Hey there, Story Sister, and welcome back to the Power Your Platform podcast. I'm your host and story coach, Carrie Ramsey. In today's episode, I'm interviewing marketing specialist Cheyenne O'Driscoll about the importance of creating an annual marketing plan. And as you'll hear in today's episode, even though the new year is already underway, it's never too late to create an annual plan. So stay tuned for plenty of marketing talk and advice on goal setting and creating a marketing plan that gets results. As always, be sure to stay tuned right to the very end of today's episode. That's when I'll be sharing my top 10 takeaways from today's conversation with Cheyenne. For now, let's get ready to talk about enhancing your storytelling strategy with an annual marketing plan with marketing specialist Cheyenne O'Driscoll. Welcome to Power Your Platform, the podcast for women who are building bold story brands. I'm your host and story coach, Carrie Ramsey. Each week, we'll explore big ideas about brand building and shine a spotlight on courageous women just like you who are owning their story, following their purpose, and changing the world. Whether you're a story starter, a story builder, or a story pro, this podcast is for you. I'll help you move your mindset from uncertain to unstoppable and provide you with the storytelling tools you need to make a real impact. Because we all have a story to tell and somewhere someone is waiting to hear yours. Join us each week for inspiring interviews, aha moments, and step-by-step -step action plans that will provide the framework to help you create your very own purpose-driven platform. Are you with me? All right, it's time to power up. Hi, Cheyenne, and welcome to the Power Your Platform podcast. I'm excited today to talk to you about marketing because this is something you and I have in common. So welcome to the show. I can't wait to dive in. Thank you very much. I'm so excited to be here. And you and I, of course, have been a part of a couple of masterminds in the past together. We've attended different events. And, you know, this is a topic that we're going to get into today that I think you and I could just talk about all day because marketing is so much fun. And I love to talk shop with someone like yourself. But before we get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got started on this story path. So I am a marketer. I live in the Bay of Quinney. I serve from Kingston on, really, the reach can be huge. And I specialize specifically in serving local independently owned businesses. And uh, my path there is pretty winding. I am a military brat, so I've been lucky to live in different parts of Canada, from Newfoundland to Yellowknife, like really diverse communities. But there's always this thread, regardless of where you go, if you get into the local scene, there's this really tight sense of connection and community. And my life professionally took a lot of turns and I ended up here because it was just the best place for me to serve the local movement that's really come to, to the forefront. Yeah, and that's something you and I share as well in common, which is this love of local. And you've really now built a business around supporting these local businesses. And I think it's so brilliant because of course, as a marketer, you know that niching down really does help. I mean, sure, we could serve everyone, but if we want to do a great job, we really focus in on our ideal client. So maybe describe that client to us a little bit. And I know you're, you know, in a particular geographic region, but for someone who just might not know even the area where you are, 
you know, describe that ideal client for us. And then let's talk a little bit more about local business. So a lot of the times I'm working with people who are in the first one to five years of their business. They're kind of in that throwing spaghetti on the wall stage first. <laughs> they're still working things out, but they're deeply passionate and they're deeply inspired. And most of the time, local business owners are local consumers as well. So they have that same strong valuing of community and of quality of life. So these people are the ones that I tend to vibe with really well. And I understand what they're trying to create and I'm able to really sit with them and pull it out of their heads. And it's the people who they might not have a strong sense of marketing. They know it's important, but they're, they're, they feel really overwhelmed and confused by it. So I get to step in and take on that part for them. Yeah, because there's so many people who don't get into business because they love marketing. They get into it because they love massage therapy or, you know, creating a particular line of product. And so when it comes to local business, what do you think the impact has been of the pandemic? And I don't always bring this in as a theme, but I think there is probably a link here. Uh, what have you seen? I've served clients through the pandemic and uh, it's been an interesting experience. I find, especially with uh, local clients, people who are local business owners, so much of your, your personal life is tied to your business. This isn't easy to separate. So when you, they were dealing with uh, random shutdowns and so much ambiguity and the frustration, it took a really personal toll on a lot of the business owners. And some of them had to really sit back and get serious about evaluating, why am I doing this? Why am I taking on all this risk? Why am I putting it on my shoulders? if I'm just gonna have to face this kind of stress and then that goes back to my family. But I found every single client that I had, it strengthened their convictions because we started to see that the local community really stepped up and they were so excited to support local. And they were like, you guys need help more than ever now. And it really showed that we're just a business, but we're so much more. It's a, it's a whole connection that we're creating to our communities through our businesses. And it really showed us that. Yeah. And you use that word connection, which for me is so powerful in business. When you can show that you are connected to your potential customers, then there's such a value that emerges from that. So yeah, I also experienced that in my local area, which was that, you know, we just were like looking around at our neighbors and saying, oh my goodness, we want that business here. Once this is all over, what do I need to do? Like I was buying gift certificates and, you know, things for when they would come back online. And I know that they so appreciated that. And to your point, a lot of them had to dig deep. And many of you are listening right now. You, you had to dig deep to say, what is the core of my business and what is it that's going to push, push us through this? And so, you know, Hey, whether it's the pandemic or another difficult time, right. They all come up in, in the business world. It just so happened that one faced everyone at the same time. So as we're talking about marketing today, I know that you're also a big fan of annual marketing plans. And so that's why I wanted to bring you on today because it's not a topic we've really discussed. And so Tell us, first of all, what is an annual marketing plan and, you know, why is it so important? So an annual marketing plan, I like to call them action plans sometimes to make it a little less sterile. It's a overview of how you want to use your marketing to drive your business goals. So it lays it out for you what you want to be considering when you're creating your marketing. It's a great way to really look ahead and to make sure that your marketing is intentional and not haphazard. 
Yeah, I love that. And you just touched on something which is so important, which is the goals, right? Before you really even get into that marketing plan, you have to talk about the goals. And I was just speaking this morning with Julie Ellis, who's the author of Big Gorgeous Goals. She's it's one of my favorite books that's come out recently. And it's just very goal focused, obviously, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And as I talk to people about goals, you know, I find that, you know, some of us don't even have goals for our business. We just sort of go day to day. And, and so, you know, maybe what is your advice for someone who is aligning their goals with this marketing plan? Maybe start us there at that first stage. This is one of my favorite topics, actually. It's one of the things I focused on building as a a marketer is the frameworks for this specifically for small local. So you really want to identify what stage, what life cycle stage your business is in. And then it, it actually becomes pretty clear and easy to figure out what business goals you should have. If you're just starting, You want to look at market penetration. You need to decide how you're going to get the word out. You want to start generating uh, word of mouth and referrals. Another thing you want is feedback because you're on this, you're at that spaghetti on the wall stage. You're not sure what it looks like. The feedback is going to tell you what business you want to build to make it viable. I actually have a whole framework for this so that you don't have to guess what marketing goals. It's pretty systematic. Every new business really has the same marketing goals that they want to start with. I love that. That makes it so simple. So you, I know you mostly deal with businesses within one to two years of starting. So when you talk about that early stage, what would the next, what are the other cycles that you would identify of a business? So the first stage that like experiential stage is one to three years ish. That's the spaghetti on the wall stage, the early entry. Then the next stage would be where you, you can see what your business is. You've got that fully formed now. And that's the the growth stage. That's where you're like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Now I'm going to go, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to start putting in permanent structures, permanent frameworks. And then your third stage would be where you're established. And this is where you're, you're defending your market space. This is where you've claimed it. And you want to really make sure you're, you're in on your branding and people know who you are and they know that you're the market authority. I love it. And in my business, I refer to those as my story starters, my story builders, and my story pros. So it's funny how you and I are so aligned in our thinking. Um, I think there was an aha moment there. And I just want to re, uh, reiterate it in case someone missed it. You mentioned the experiential phase of throwing spaghetti at the wall as perhaps lasting one to three years. And we know from statistics that most businesses will fold after a year. And I don't know about you, but I'm fully convinced that it's because people don't see results that they expected after six or eight months or even a year. And what you're saying is that it could be two or three years before you actually figure out this thing. So, you know, what advice do you have for someone who might be in, let's say their six month phase, they're not seeing traction and they're ready to give up. A lot of the times I find exact same thing, right? People get, they get really disheartened and they're like, oh, I'm supposed to have a fully formed business. I like to use the phrase, we're not Athena. We don't just like sprout from the sprout fully formed. Businesses take time and there's going to be a lot of, uh, of changing and shifting and pivoting. Although I'm so over that word right now, (laughs) but it's to really go into a business understanding this is not an immediate thing. It is an investment. It will take that, that phase. It's completely normal. It doesn't mean that you don't have the business skills or the business personality or what it takes. That is just the reality of creating a business. 
by and large, you're not going to turn a profit for even one to two years. And if this is your bread and butter, that's a problem, right? And so I understand why people would throw in the towel if they're like, well, I have to make money off of my business. So, you know, I often will suggest to people, hey, if you can have this as a side hustle and really grow it until it's at the point where you are making the amount of money you need to bring home every month, then then go that route if you have that ability. Um, so yeah, it's just something that when you mentioned, you know, this experiential phase of being one to three years, it's often a lot longer than some people think. All right, so let's get back to this idea of annual planning. Let's say we figured out which phase we're in and which goals would be appropriate for those phases. Then, you know, how do we get organized? <laughs> Tell us how we can organize our time because at the time that we're airing this podcast, I mean, the new year has come and gone. January 1st is behind us. So someone might feel, oh, I, I can't start an annual plan. We're halfway or, you know, we're already starting through this year. What advice do you have for someone about getting organized and getting that plan started? It's the same as any change you want to make, right? The best day to do it is today right? Your year does not need to start at a certain point. It starts whenever you start it. And then if you decide next year, you do want to align with January, you're totally free to do that. Why would you give up the opportunity to have a framework for 12 months just because you feel like you've missed the year? Don't do that to yourself, right? Like you can, it, it doesn't matter when you start as long as you start it. Yeah, that's so true. And don't forget, of course, fiscal year begins typically April 1st. So that's kind of the beginning of a business year. And at the time that people are probably listening to this podcast, you still got some time to figure out what's going to go in that plan, of course, because we don't start the plan the first day we want to implement the plan, right? <laughs> For some people, it might take a month or two, or if they're working with someone like you, it might take a lot less. But I mean, the idea here is that I love what you've said. Today is the right day. So absolutely get started. You can make it your, you know, wherever you start, I, I do suggest usually the first of the month because it's easier like for that plan. But then, yeah, just go for 12 months and see how you can compare that. So what are some of the advantages of having an annual marketing plan? So um, one of the biggest ones that I found working with the local businesses is that we all have a sense of how important marketing is, but it feels very confusing and extraordinarily overwhelming. And people like you and I who've worked in it professionally, we understand the depth of it. it. Like it's a huge field. There are a lot of frameworks and strategies. It's completely understandable that it's overwhelming and confusing for people. So when you are able to take the time and invest it in creating an annual marketing plan for yourself, you clear out some of that confusion and overwhelm and you bring in clarity and focus instead. And there is a guilt that so many small business owners carry around with them because they're like, I know I should be being more intentional. I know I should be doing more. And that weighs down on you. When you take a moment, you take some time to do an annual marketing plan, you get to eliminate that for an entire year. So not only do you get to harness the power of intentional marketing, you get to let go of that guilt and you have the pride of knowing that you've really leveled up as a business owner. Yeah, it gives you a path, doesn't it? It gives you the ability to make decisions better. That's one thing that I've always found. It's like, what I sh what should I be doing in August? Oh, look at this. This is These are my plans for August. And yes, sometimes we do have to burn the plan because crazy things happen in the world as we've seen the last couple of years. But you know, as soon as possible, we kind of get back on track with that plan. And to me, it's kind of a roadmap. It's a path. And it just helps me make decisions about how I spend my time, right? And my money and 
different things that I might invest in. The other cool thing, Cheyenne, I don't know if you can speak to this, um, but also this idea of comparing where I'm at this year compared to last year. And so if we just even speak in a marketing sense, what are some of the metrics you might want to measure? You know, so in your first year, of course, that's your baseline. You're not going to be able to compare it to anything. But let's say year two, what are some things that I should be comparing to last year, maybe in my marketing plan? This is really great. It's a really great way to combat that disheartening feeling that we get, right? If we're like, oh, I'm not generating a huge profit or any profit, being able to look back and realize like, but I've moved forward with these metrics. I've made significant advancements. So for most people who are in those early stages, social media is where we focus a lot of our marketing efforts. So checking your audience growth, checking increasement in engagement with your, your social posts, that type of thing. Ideally, you have an email list that you've generated, watching how many email list subscribers and your open rates. Of course, people who are actually shopping with you, that's a great one to look at and seeing what kind of conversions you're getting or foot traffic in the door. Um, if you've added uh, digital assets, if you've created a website this, this year, the past year, that's a huge metric, right? That's a huge jump forward. If you started an Instagram, a Facebook or a LinkedIn page, those things are all significant investments and significant assets that you've created for your business. Right. And all of those that you've just mentioned have built in analytics. And in most cases, even with the free tools, um, you know, you can go check the audience insights. And, you know, for me, that's really interesting because sometimes I think my audience is one group and then suddenly I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't considered that. I have a client right now I'm working with and, you know, the the audience for their product is significantly higher or, or older, I guess, than what we had thought it was. And so that just informs you a little bit too, which I guess can feed back into your marketing plan for the next year. So yeah, that's pretty cool. How do you use metrics like year to year? How do you... I guess, get the, the juice out of all of those. I love metrics. I love digging into Facebook insights. If you use Meta Studio, you have access to some really good insights. You can get uh, your age, gender, right, location. Uh, I like to pull them out and I like to take them off of, of Facebook and Instagram and really get them in their own document. And you can really start to see some patterns that way when you remove them from the platform themselves and pull it all together into one space your website, your email, and then you really start to get a, a broad view of your audience and who's engaging with you. Yeah, that's great advice. So when it comes to what we're talking about today, some people might be feeling a bit overwhelmed. Again, maybe they're not as passionate about marketing as you and I. Um, I guess one thought to put out there is that you don't have to do this all on your own. If you want to hire someone to do this, of course you can. So, you know, you can, though, I think know what the general goals are that you want to achieve as a business owner, but don't forget, you can always bring in somebody to help you with this. Um, but if we're doing it on our own, Cheyenne, how do we break down an annual plan? Because that's 12 months of time. It seems like a lot. It seems very daunting. What's your suggestion for someone who might be seeing this as overwhelming and I don't have the time to even start thinking about this? The first place that I always like to start with is mindset. Often when it's something we're resistant to tackling, it's because we're not quite sure of the value of it. And as small business owners, we're really, really selective about where we're investing our time and energy. So as opposed to seeing it as this document you're going to create and, and toss away and never look at again, I want you to get really serious about understanding it. This is a gift to your future self. This is something you're going to reap the rewards of for 12 months. And a trick to make sure you do that is pre-schedule emails with the document attached for every month to yourself 
with a little little note in the body of it of what you want to look at that month and it sets the intention and it makes sure it pops up in your inbox so it's not going to become a lost document on your google drive that is never opened again um, another way to get organized about this and to reduce the overwhelm is understanding that it is a serious project and it is an investment and to really honor that understand that there's going to be three stages you're going to kind of go through cognitively with this you're going to gather a lot of stuff at first you're going to bring pieces together find a plan to folk to to copy a template to use you're going to sit down and get really creative and get really in the zone and really into flow and you're going to start plugging things in and then you're going to get to an editing stage where you kind of have to have an analytical mind and knowing that divide it out have one meeting with your marketing self schedule schedule it in your calendar book a meeting with yourself have it one a week for each of these stages and it gives your mind time to refresh and marinate what you've put on and you'll find that you get a lot of insight and clarity with your unconscious having processed that having given yourself the space and it'll be a lot more effective with a lot less effort yeah and how long do you think you should give yourself to create this annual plan i mean we don't want to take a whole year to create the annual plan <laughs> and then it becomes out of date so like what's a reasonable amount of time there's someone out there who probably is just needing that little deadline i like to give three four weeks give yourself a month to do it at a nice, easy pace, book an hour to two hour meetings with yourself, and you will be able to produce a really solid plan that will give you a really clear framework and roadmap to work with for 12 entire months out of that. Yeah. And then, of course, one of those to do's will be in, let's say, the last month of your year will be, hey, now you got to start planning the one for the following year, right? And you don't want to let that drop because... You, this definitely can be something perpetual. And like we've said, if this is not your thing, again, there's people you can bring in for your team, you know, um, just to help you on an ad hoc basis. Sometimes just getting the first one down, I find, then you can sort of replicate it. You go back to that. I don't reinvent the wheel every year. I don't like have a brand new annual marketing plan necessarily or an annual plan for my business, you know? And so I think that's another part is that you know, this marketing plan should be part of a bigger plan in your business, right? And if you don't have any plan in place, hey, this is a good place to start. Maybe just start small and see where it grows. So thanks for that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the final questions I have is around common mistakes when it comes to creating an annual marketing plan. How, are there any that you see popping up often that maybe we can avoid? I find we get really caught up in the nitty gritty and we feel like we're supposed to really have this micro figured out. Like we should be deciding in eight months exactly what we're doing when we can't really figure out in eight days what we're doing as a small business owner sometimes. And understanding, don't put that pressure on yourself. This is a general framework. This is not, you don't have to figure out a month's worth or a year's worth of marketing in this. So you can ease off of that and just realize you just want to give yourself a structure to work within. And so the other one would be um, that we forget about it, right? Like that we drop it and we leave it in our Google Drive and we never access it again. It's only a gift to ourselves if we open it later. So just making sure that you do schedule those meetings and you do make sure you actually implement what you've done all that hard work for. Yeah. And I like the idea of having a marketing Monday moment or something like that where you're like, oh, it's Monday. I should be at least checking in with my marketing plan and seeing where I'm supposed to be this month. And it just occurred to me, someone might not even understand or know what to put in a marketing plan. So when we're talking about these frameworks and such, we talked about the goals. Sure. So maybe we want to grow our audience. Maybe we want to increase revenues or engagement. What are some of the action items 
that people might actually be putting into a marketing plan? So on that level, sometimes you want to really, you go from your goal to your marketing strategy, and then you can look at the tactics that you're going to use. If your goal is to grow your awareness and your reach and really have people start to know that you even exist, one of those tactics could be running a giveaway. They tend to get a high engagement on social media. More people will hear about you. Or maybe you're going to use the tactic of borrowing other people's audiences. This is a really good one if you're local, making sure you're creating content that's tagging other local businesses and that will pull in their fans and it will again increase your reach, that type of stuff. Yeah. And I love when I think about marketing sometimes too, it's like, you don't have to do what everyone else is in, is doing. And in fact, you probably shouldn't. So when all their fish are you know, heading upstream, turn around and go the other way, because you're going to get noticed. It, it could be a little bit tougher the first time you do it, but you're mentioning giveaways and, you know, during the holiday season in particular, I find everybody's giving something away. So there's so many giveaways to choose from. Whereas let's say in January, when it's really <laughs> dead and boring for most, you know, retail businesses, at least that might be the time to really look at something a bit unique that will get people's attention and get them in the door or to the e-commerce site, whatever that is. So yeah, just a little tip there is like, you don't have to do what your competitor is doing. And in fact, I think you should do the opposite. You really want to stay on brand, right? If you're copying some, everybody else's, you're copying everybody else's brand. You can use the same kind of tactics, but spin it in your way so that it's, it's aligned with your values and what your brand stands for. Absolutely. I love everything that you've shared today. So many tidbits. I'm going to capture a bunch of them in my key takeaways, which I always do in the extra part of the podcast. But for now, where can people go to learn more about you and to maybe even hire you to help them with their annual plan? So the best place to get to know me better would be Instagram or Facebook. And my handle is CO Marketing Consultant. And in January, I will be releasing a guide to help people walk through this process. If they, they're not at the place to be able to hire somebody, it's specific to local small businesses to kind of hold your hand through the process. I love it. So we'll make sure to link to those in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. Thank you so much for you know sharing your insights with us. And like I said, you and I could talk about marketing all day. It's such a fun subject for us. And I hope that we've just sparked some interest and some enthusiasm in someone listening. So thanks, Cheyenne, and uh, happy marketing. Thank you very much. This is great. I hope you enjoyed listening in today to my conversation with Cheyenne O'Driscoll of CO Marketing. I always love talking about storytelling strategies with my marketing colleagues, and I hope you had a few aha moments as you listened in. As promised, here are my top 10 takeaways from today's interview with Cheyenne. Number one, when it comes to marketing, find your niche and serve it well. Number two, an annual marketing plan can be a useful tool to ensure you're taking consistent action that helps you meet your business goals. Number three, if you're not sure where to start with your goal setting, keep in mind which stage of the business cycle you're at and set your goals accordingly. Number four, there are three stages of the business cycle, the experiential stage, the growth stage, and the established stage. And as we grow, we sometimes circle back to the beginning and start all over again. So don't be surprised if it happens for you. Number five, the best day to start your annual marketing plan is today. 
don't wait a minute longer. Number six, give yourself the time and space to create an effective marketing campaign. Number seven, remember it can take one to three years to develop your business, so give yourself grace and the time to turn a profit. Number eight, planning is an important part of decision making. It's a roadmap that helps us determine how we'll invest our resources. Number nine, an annual marketing plan gives you the metrics to measure your progress, including audience growth, engagement, and conversion. And finally, number 10, today's power move is to think of at least one way that you can go against the flow and adopt an unexpected marketing technique that helps you stand out from the crowd. Thanks so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to leave a rating and a review for Power Your Platform on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. When you do, we'll be able to reach even more women and help them create more impact with their story. Until next time, keep owning your story, following your purpose, and raising your voice. Because the world is waiting to hear your story.